Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. I'm your host, Todd Burroughs, and I will be talking about SFB 480, or as we like to call it on Twitter, hashtag SFB 480. I wanted to do a show the first night based on um, it being the opening night of the draft, but I was too tired. It's kind of funny, actually, because today I was out running around and working hard, and yesterday I was sitting around and I was too tired, and now I got the energy. So... I put this together pretty uh, pretty quickly, and the concept, if, if you listen to this show regularly, you, you get this, to know that I like to have concepts. I like to do things that are different maybe than what other people are doing, or at least that's the illusion that I tell myself so that I can feel good about myself, one or the other. Anyway, I might have to blow myself up. Hold on for that one. All right. So I blew myself up on that one. So... Um, I've invited a few different people because it's just such a big tournament and there's no way to go and on short notice and do a big analysis. I will be doing shows later on where I kind of break down and have a chance to look through some things. But what I thought would be fun would be to have a couple members of the of the SFB on and we could go through the different divisions and some of the thoughts that the people who are in the contest had when they were drafting. I'm in the Liam Neeson division, and Liam Neeson division is a good division. Um, I've been very impressed by the overall drafting of my co-drafters, mainly because when it came time for me to make my second and third round pick, I was one by one crossing people off the list that I hope would be there, And I ended up doing a little bit of a, um, I won't call it a reach, but I I didn't have any of the great values that I've seen some of the other people in the tournament have. But here's my main takeaway from day one or two. Um, You know, while I'm in a very slow draft, and that's a little bit frustrating, I mean, we're sitting at pick four or five, and my guess is that I'll have some people who come on that, are much, much further along. I mean, we had one guy in the middle of the day today take up five hours. Um, Not the end of the world, not, you know, making a huge deal about it, but it it is what it is. We're a little slow. Um, But I think the drafting has been very strong. Um, We had um, a running back heavy draft. We really haven't seen that second tier of wide receiver go um, until the third round. So Des Bryant made it all the way down to 3-5, Keenan Allen to 3-3, and of course some people consider Des to be a 
uh, a top guy, and I, I didn't take him. And my reasons were I just didn't want to take a wide receiver in this draft in the in the early rounds. So I'll consider one at the four or five turn, maybe. I took Todd Gurley at one one. I tweeted that out. Um, that was something that I was pretty determined to do. And then I came back around at 2-12 and 3-1 with C.J. Anderson of Denver. I feel pretty good about C.J. Anderson. Doug Martin went one and pick in front of me. It would have been very difficult not to take Doug if he was there. I might have ended up going three running backs if Doug Martin was there. Um, C.J. Anderson was a little bit of a reach on my board, but not too bad. And I do think that they're going to run the ball more. They're going to – they've improved the offensive line. They've drafted a fullback. So I'm hoping that C.J. Anderson does what he did at the end of last year and what he was expected to do all of last year when he was the first-round draft pick. So my other pick was Drew Brees. And, you know, again, I just think I was a little bit afraid of a quarterback run that to this point hasn't materialized. And I don't think, you know, the four big quarterbacks were off the board plus Roethlisberger when I was picking. And then after that, I don't think there's been a quarterback since I took Breeze. And the wide receiver run has really been the predominant factor Uh, Rick Briggs, Keenan Allen, Kevin Cole took a third running back. Um, He's uh, got three running backs, and, you know, that's a a very viable strategy. Des Bryant, Alshon Jeffrey, Jordy Nelson, Carlos Hyde, Cobb, Rawls, Cooks, Deion Lewis, uh, Demarius Thomas, Brandon Marshall, Jordan Reed, and Amari Cooper. So um, to be honest, with six or seven picks till I'm up, that's kind of the run that I was hoping for, and it'll be interesting to see which player that I'm targeting. It looks like two guys that I'm targeting are going to be there. It's just a matter of who. I won't give up much more strategy than that. So back to my main point that I wanted to make, um, it's this whole concept of well, the best teams last year, they did this. They they went quarterback or running back or and this scoring system is running back or quarterback heavy or you know, you should still take a big wide receiver. And I think all those strategies, the great thing about this scoring system is no matter which of these kind of ways that you go, I think you can make a pretty good argument that you're doing the right thing. I saw Matthew Friedman went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And while that's not how I would approach the draft, it is contrarian. And I don't think that's the end of the world. I think that he got three very good players that are less likely to get injured. And if he can draft well the rest of the way, he could be in a good position. Which, again, takes me to the point that I'm trying to make, which is, it isn't you don't win these drafts against these types of people early in a draft. You can put yourself in a very strong position or you can find yourself behind the eight ball. Um, I saw a couple decisions that I wouldn't have made out there, but these drafts, I think where the strategy is really going to come in is starting in round seven and eight, uh, when most people have their team 
the basic starters. I think you'll find a few people who are going to find they're going to wake up and there's just not going to be the running backs or the quarterbacks. And I think that could be a problem. That was my biggest fear going into the draft. And that's going to kind of take care of what I'm looking to do in my early strategy. But the thing is, even if you didn't have as good a start as some other people, I am convinced that the winner and the best people in a a lot of these drafts are going to be determined with who you take in rounds 10 to 20. Both your strategy there Uh, A certain amount of luck because you're taking people who don't have clear paths to playing time in a lot of circumstances. You know, if you take a wide receiver like Smallwood, for instance, well, right now he's behind Ryan Matthews. Brian Matthews gets hurt, and you've got Smallwood in the 13th, 14th, or whatever round he's going to end up going. It could be earlier, a little bit later, but that's a rough guess of where I could see him going. You know, if you get a couple guys like that, I think that is what's going to really make your team. So whether you love your team now, I wouldn't get too excited. Whether you hate your team now, I wouldn't get too disappointed. And that is kind of the the key point that I want to make is that whether you love your draft so far or whether you don't love your draft so far, hang in there, you know, come up with a good, solid plan of how you want to execute round by round. Look to see who might be there, where the runs might be. Look at the other drafts. And, you know, one thing I'm not going to do with a draft like this is just willy-nilly pick guys I like. I think that it is a draft that is way too easy for you to wake up and all of a sudden, well, you got five guys you really like, but there's no quarterbacks left, or you got five guys you really like, or seven guys you really like, but there's no running backs left, and you only have one. So, um, you know, really look at your plan and continue to upgrade and update your strategy as you go along. That's what I'm going to do. And so that's kind of the soliloquy of this episode. That was my big takeaway for the day, and I shared it with you. So, We're going to start going into what I would like to call the next phase of the show, where I start bringing in different people, and we are going to review their division. So the first person that I am going to bring in is the Fantasy Force. You can find him at the Fantasy Force online. Um, He, to this date, is the only person who's invited me on his pod and I appreciate that. I will return the favor now. Andrew, how you doing? Having a good night. Having a good night. Looking over my team, getting in pre-draft picks, seeing who's still out there. You know, busy night for everyone. Yeah, it's funny because TJ Hernandez might jump on a little bit later, and he is in your division, is he not? Yes, indeed. And he, he, he is going pretty bold so far with his draft. That is something that, well, why don't you tell me what you mean by that? And since I'm going to have him on in a few minutes, just give me a couple quick thoughts on um, your thoughts on his draft. And then why don't we go into, okay, uh, leading, oh, I clicked on leading women. So definitely not going to find your draft looking under leading women. 
Uh, Leo DiCaprio might be many things, but a woman is not one of them. So what are your thoughts? Yes, on he's, he, he's got a lot of range as an actor, but that's, uh, that's certainly not a role we're going to see from him. No, uh, no I will say that TJ, yeah, TJ is, is, is really bringing the heat uh, in this draft. He has gone in a real running back heavy, uh, and he's got a couple quarterbacks, no wide receivers yet, and he's already made his seventh round pick, and we're, we're coming back in the ace. Uh, so, I you know yeah I just looked it over he's, he's and he's got David uh, Johnson, Doug Martin, Ingram, uh, Ajayi, and Ryan Matthews. So, a lot of the guys that you know I thought were going to be there coming into these rounds are not courtesy of TJ. Well, and I think that's one of the strategies I certainly am not afraid to employ. If I really like a guy in a draft with experts, I'm certainly willing to take them a little earlier than I normally would. Because, you know, if you're going to lose, I think it's better to lose with the guys you like and to take the heat. You know, if you go and back and look through any fantasy draft from any year, you know, you're going to see guys who, you know, it, it, you know, it, as smart as we think we are, uh, there's a lot of busts in the first three rounds and a lot of guys who were drafted in the 15th round and on help win, teams win fantasy championships. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind uh, reaching a little. I'm really, boy, I don't want to give away too much of what I, I was planning on doing, but, you know, um, yeah, I like what TJ's done. So let's go back and yeah, look is, at what's quite the setup. And you, and yeah, and you, you pick three picks behind him, and you've got Raymond Summerlin there, too, who's another stud. Um, he yeah, started yeah, out with I am, Aaron Rodgers. Sandwich between. Uh, Ray and James McGuire from Overtime Ireland. So hard to hard to make any pick with confidence when you're worried about those two sniping you. Well, and that's something you just can't worry about in a draft like this. So I look at your first round pick. It's Todd Gurley. Um, I took Todd Gurley at pick one one. So I'm very interested to get your thoughts on um, Mr. Gurley and what time you know what kind of. Uh, you know, how you took him. So I I would have taken him at 1-1 as well. I think, you know, the, the, the fishbowl scoring system favors those running backs who towed it early and often for their teams. So, you know, Gurley was going to be my guy. I was so happy he was there when I was on the board sixth overall. So, I mean, that was, that was easy. Yep. And who was your second round pick? I was able to follow that up, and I was shocked he made it that far to me uh, in the second. Uh, you know, with the again, it's it's another scoring thing with that tight end premium PPR. I, you know, it was one of those things the pick was in before my fingers could actually do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not on Gronk this year. I think that the injuries have started dinging him, but at the position you took him in a full PPR for tight end. I don't see how you can be unhappy with that pick. Um, someone else joined us. Who else is on? Hello? Oh, I guess no one. Yeah. No, I'm I, here. I, I, no, I know Andrew. Are you here? Uh, yeah, still here. Okay. I thought someone Hello? else had joined us as well. Matthew, are you there? I'm here. Do you hear me? I, uh, Andrew, I hear you, but there was another person. I uh, know. So. I think. I think. I think that's him as well. I think we. we all oh, Matthew. Hey, how you doing? 
Good. How you doing? You, you there? You hear me? Yep, this is Matthew Zazula. We kind of ended up jumping on each other. Hey, um, yeah, so, um, Matt, just uh, hold tight a little bit, and we'll get everyone in. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's no big deal. So Matthew and I have been talking a lot on Twitter. He's one of the smartest guys out there. He is a big game hunter, I like to call it. But let's keep going with um, the Fantasy Force, Andrew Howard. And in the third round, you came back with Sammy Watkins. Um, and in the fourth yeah. round, you went, where did you go? Followed that right up with Moncrief. Moncrief. So what was the yes, thoughts indeed. on taking wide receiver in round three and four when you didn't have a QB and you had one running back? Was it a value <laughs> thing? Was it a strategy thing? What was your thoughts on that? So I think at this point there was no amount of draft capital that I, I wanted to spend on any of the uh, the quarterbacks that were out there. And we we certainly had a uh, a pretty decent run of them. Uh, but, you know, once once we hit that point, I wanted to get a wide receiver I could have confidence in. And, and that's that, that was Watkins for me. I was uh, debating between him and Demarius Thomas. I was looking at Ben Roethlisberger there as well, but – I decided, you know, Watkins and Thomas were not going to be on the board by my next pick, and I can live, uh, you know, going a little late-round quarterback, even in a super flex league. Yep. Well, you did follow up with three other picks. You got Jeremy Hill, Larry Fitzgerald, and Derek Carr. What order did mm-hmm. you get them in? And uh, I think Derek Carr is, uh, you know, a, a good pick. Yeah, I went I went Carr, Hill, and Fitzgerald, 5-6-7. Carr was the 14th quarterback off the board uh, in my draft. And, uh, you know, it, it, this was finally the time where I, I figured I had to pull the trigger on a QB. And, and it, it was mostly because I, I just I needed to have someone in there, much like Watkins, that I was fine plugging in, you know, week after week. And, you know, if we're expecting Amari Cooper to make this jump, uh, you know, uh, we have to assume that that will positively affect Carr as well. So, you know, I, all, all signs are pointing up for this guy. Yep. Well, I, I like your team. I like uh, what you're doing. I wanted to to wish you well, and I'm really glad that you jumped in. I apologize that we ended up a little shorter than maybe we would have liked. Definitely would love to have you back on the pod anytime. One of the smart guys of the industry, Andrew Howard. Andrew, why don't you – Give out your information where people can follow you on Twitter and anything else that you might want to promote. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I have my own podcast, the Fantasy Force Podcast, that everyone oh, can never find mind. on no, iTunes, no, no. Stitcher people, Radio. Oh, no, and People can only listen to me. You can't talk about yourself. <laughs> no, just, just, just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. They can go actually, ahead. everyone can go back and see uh, my interview last year with Todd. We, uh, we did a little mock draft action and then, you know, kind of talked about what everyone had going on there. So I, I implore everyone, if you're going to start anywhere, that would be where I would go. Uh, and everyone can find me on Twitter at the underscore ATJ. Yep, and you could you could listen to me pontificate about the wonders of my uh, Arian Foster pick. I think it was at one seven, which, as we all know, turned out to be a brilliant uh, pick on my part. I think almost okay. everyone he, I he drafted was, he was a in that guy for me last year, so don't worry. I, I I think almost everyone I drafted in that draft turned out to get injured. So I don't believe in curses, but boy, I might. Um, I might consider it based on that. Andrew, 
I really appreciate you having you on, and maybe Matt, we can have you back can after. There's three yeah, to yeah. be on that. Absolutely, to? absolutely. Have a great night, and best of luck for the rest of your draft. Yeah, hey, Andrew, come back on at the end, and uh, and let's go through the, the, the whole thing when we have more time. I'll set it up with more time in between. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait. All right, thanks so much. That was Andrew Howard, everyone. And now we move over. What division are you in, uh, Matthew? How you doing? You're in the Robert De Niro division. You know, you know, you know, Mama Ducci yeah, oh, told me you're right. coming yeah. around and you're doing, you know. Hey, how you doing? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'm from Joyzy. This guy, hey, you know what I mean? It's good to finally talk to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It's just, you know, hard when you have a family, you know. Wife, I'm off of certain days and. You know, I got the kids to look after when I'm on my days off. And it's just, you know, it's like tic-tac-toe. You try to get together with people, you know. Absolutely. So um, I'm glad we're doing it. You and I are going to definitely do a podcast together. Um, Matthew, um, as I kind of mentioned, is one of the guys who does um, high-stakes leagues. And him and I have uh, in the boiler uh cooking up uh, an episode that we're going to do with you all where we discuss the the ins and outs of high stakes leagues and as a little bit of a spoiler alert you were invited into the pros versus joes this year were you not yeah it's my uh, fourth year in the high stakes uh at the ffpc and you know they if you sign up early it's a 200 dollars deposit and they put your name in a hat or whatever how they do the drawing and we finally uh got our name pulled out the hat so it's 36 Joe's, which is the high stakes players, and then the 36 pros, it's the writers. So it's you would think it'd be the other way around, but that's the way they have it. And uh, it, yeah, it was always confusing to me. It is, you know. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, Fantasy Mojo is the one that puts it together, along with FFPC. And um, FFPC is a great. I mean, they got a really great format. They do football guys, players championships as well. You know, they're together with the football guys. Um, but we always just play the main event mostly. You know, it's like $1,750 a team. So draft out here in Las Vegas. It's a blast every year. And um, that's sort of my cup of tea. But, you know, teach their own. They do dynasty. They do, you know, off the grid. They do like a $10,000 league, even if you wanted to go that high. So, Well, know. I um... – well, you know, I consider Las Vegas where DFS goes to die. Were you a big okay. DFS guy, and how uh, how much has it changed your life, uh, if so, not being able to play? Well, you know, the casino industry has been around a long time, you know, and they've had lobbyists just like, you know, rest of the corporations that go after the government. You know, they have the lobbyists. And um, everybody has their price. And the problem is that the casinos have been around forever and you know the dfs is so new a lot of these sites i just don't think they had all their eggs lined up when they got into it and um you know i mean i love i like dfs a lot you know it's so funny i like dfs golf out of all all of them because you get four days that of is grinding, funny you know well, it's, but it's, um, it's kind of a value right i mean you put in your money great. and you get four days worth of following ah you can't you can't you know you can't beat that value but no but i uh I, I liked it. You know, I didn't get into it um, until about two years ago. Um, you know, I've always been sort of a season-long guy. Um, but it was, you know, source, still in the infancy, you know. So I really uh, started reading about it. And I'm a diehard, you know, football guy. So I never really, you know, I, I watch other sports, but not as much as I follow football because I find with other sports, 
I don't have the time to put in. You know, football. No, I I get you. I've been a little burnt out trying to do baseball and get prepped for football. Oh, baseball is a tough one because, you know, the injuries. And then I think, you know, uh, you know, it's just, it's just so much, you know, and, 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 you know, yeah, you could stack a whole team, you know, and then you stack a whole team and then that, that team you stacked didn't score two runs, you know, (laughs) and then you're like, Oh my God, that team that, that, you know, somebody stacked the Indians that night and it's like, well, okay, well, they had to get whoever, you know, team, but, uh, no, but football, I yeah, love it it's, because it's, you know, it's, you know, once a week and it's, uh, you know, you got absolutely. all week to wait for it. So, but, you know, that's, so looking at your anyway. team here, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I, I got another guy calling in at 930 and I just want to do your team. Oh, justice yeah, we got all. Yeah, we got justice. all. Oh, exactly. Sorry, man. We it's got my fault. Uh, so I got I got <laughs> you off on a tangent. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to unfortunately bring you back um, and. So looking at your draft, I know because you and I are friendly and we talk on Twitter and DM, you were very happy. You took Adrian Peterson first, Mark Ingram. Let's see if I can do this from memory now that I'm looking at your roster. Peterson first, Ingram second, C.J. Anderson third. Um, You kind of, I won't say you pushed me to C.J. Anderson because I did like him, but it was a, a, a comfort knowing that you agreed with me if that makes sense. And then you followed yeah. up with um, Alex, uh, Ma- Marcus Mariota. And you no, got, actually it you was got... Kobe Fleener. Oh, Fleener, then Mariota. Mariota, yes. And you didn't mind that Mariota, you know, a lot of people are down on him because week one of the playoffs, the Tennessee's on by. That didn't bother you much. You figured it's better to have the best player, correct? Well, the way I look at it is uh, you have so many spots to flex, right? I mean, what do you have, four spots in here? You know, it's it's the way I look at it when it gets to the playoffs and season-long leagues is who gets the hottest, you know? And it's such a crapshoot because, like Jamal Charles did a few years ago, he had five touchdowns during that one game. You know, you just don't know who gets hot, you know? So it could be one of the guys you put in over Mariota per se, but my other quarterback was Alex Smith, and I think in this format, both of those quarterbacks, uh, you know, are, are better per se because they run. You know what I mean? Alex Smith's not going to give you thirty touchdowns, but no, um, I I love the I loved your quarterbacks. You know, they both. You know, Alex Smith is very sneaky in this format. You know, he's one of those guys who has good legs, and you know, one of the interesting things about this draft to me, Alex, is. You know, I've listened to some other Alex um, Matthew. I've listened to some other podcasts and people talking on Twitter, and it seems that some people don't really get the nuances of the scoring. And I think the yeah. Alex pick, Alex Smith pick, really shows your strength in knowing the nuances. Kobe Fleener. I mean, again, he could be an eighty-five catch guy in a PPR. I'm not on him to the point you are. There's other guys I like more, but that's a solid pick. And, you know, well, in looking and seeing your wide receivers of San, Emmanuel Sanders, Jordan Matthews, and Michael Crabtree, I mean, you've got a really nice base of players as you go forward in this draft. Well, I got my core set, right? Because, you know, the running backs to me, I, last year I took Andrew Luck in the first. And, you know, you didn't know his injuries were going to happen. And then, um, you know, I, I kind of was kind of like, well, I'm going to wait on a quarterback this time. And I just went 
three running backs heavy. I did a mock one time, but then I went Odell at pick three. But then I started to think about it more. You know, people were saying, well, why did you go Adrian, you know, Peterson at, you know, 1.3 instead of Gurley or David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell? To me, is Adrian Peterson has probably been one of the most safest running backs that we've seen in the past 10 years. Yes, he's yeah, past only- 30. Everybody says that. But to me, in this format, he is still going to get the ball. He's going to be the focal point of that offense in, in Minnesota. They got two offensive line guys they graded, upgraded. And to me, Bridgewater, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you know he's going to get out of the shell. I know he's got Treadwell there and Diggs. But uh, to me, it's still Adrian Peterson's show there. You know, I know McKinnon's a nice late sleeper you can get. But that's, that was my reasoning behind you know, taking him. Yeah, I don't know and, and, him, you know. And, and look, again, we're drafting in the, you know, in July. You know, I exactly. prefer to draft after I can see how people look in preseason and what you hear about in training camps. I mean, one year the wheels are going to fall off Adrian Peterson, but is it going to be this year? I mean, you could keep – he's a freak of nature. You could – we could be saying for the next three years, well, the wheels are going to fall off some years. So – you know, in general, I'm really, really excited for you about your draft so far. And before I, I get you to, to move on, because this is kind of an in-and-out show today. And oh, it's all good. Yeah, we got on tangents, but it's all good. Absolutely, we're going to have you on. And uh, hopefully you'll be a frequent guest. Uh, I think you're one of the smartest guys I get to talk to. But who are some of the people in your division that – um, really kind of stuck out to you as taking an interesting strategy? And who, who else do you think um, has done a really good job in your division so far? Um, you know, Lanero went four straight, uh, Justin Lanero went four straight uh, receivers um, to start his draft. He got a pretty good uh, draft there. I thought he had Palmer third or fourth. Oh, that's sorry, he did. But he went, yeah, two receivers, then Palmer, then two again. And he yeah, was, I mean, you know, he that's contrary. You know, Palmer to me, it is. You know, Palmer was an interesting pick, but you know, you know, to me, it's if you if you believe in the person and you want him, go get him. You know what I mean? There's yep. nothing wrong with that. You no, know, I, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know that there's a right and wrong in this draft. I I know there's no. what I think. And what others think. The other person who really, I'm going to ask you this last question. The other guy who really was very interesting to me was Jacob Rickroad, another smart guy. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about his strategy? You know, hold on one second. Let me. Well, he started with the two quarterbacks. Oh, you're right. Yes, he had Andrew Luck and Drew Brees. And I think, you know, the way he puts it as that they both can be 40-plus touchdown guys, you know, and that's the benefit of flexing a, a two you know, quarterback in the flex spot is that, you know, you're going to get that extra, you know, they're going to probably give you 20 to 30 points every week. You know, they Absolutely. should. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's the benefit of starting that, um, you know, early. And, you know, I think Drew Brees this year, he, uh, you know, he's going to have a great, I guess one of the best wide receiver cores he's had. You know, it's just you know, hopefully it all comes together. You know, that's what you hope when you draft a guy like that because, you know, I don't think he's had less than 600-something, you know, attempts every year, you know. So if you get that. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, he's got he's got four wide receivers. He has only running back so far, Forte and Matthews. 
Um, he's got two tight ends. So, you know, he's kind of gone away from the whole concept of the heavy running back. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of your draft goes. Definitely want to have you on in a couple, you know, in the next week or two. Um, we'll discuss the, the pros and Joes and maybe uh, go through that draft a little bit. Your high yeah, stakes league. And, de- and then we'll wrap this one up and co- go through this as well. Always a great follow on Twitter. Why don't you give them your Twitter handle and anything else that you might want to promote? And, again, thanks for jumping on on short notice. Yeah, it's um, at Tango and Cash FF. Um, and, uh, you know, if you ever have any questions, I don't mind answering. Just, you know, if there's high stakes or whatever, I'm always open to, to listening. And uh, as of right now, I'm really not on any podcasts, but um, – you know, I'm, I don't mind always popping in and giving my knowledge. And we appreciate that. One of the really smart guys in the industry, folks, Tango and Cash, uh, Matthew Zazula. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, actually good. Zazula, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Matt. It was great to have you on, um, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for being part of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm going to now move over to a guy who whose last name I'm going to guess at, Bill Rossetti. Is that how you pronounce it? Pretty close. Rossetti, yep. Oh, Rossetti. Yeah. So um, Bill is a guy who has been doing the whole, um, what's that service that you jump on that, where people can chat with you? Oh, Periscope. Yes, Periscope. That you were actually you you took my Periscope virginity. You should be very proud or very scared. <laughs> one of those two. And, and so, I'll be honest, like I hadn't really even been periscoping much myself. You know, it's just when I saw a couple other guys like TJ Hernandez do it, I was like, you know, let me jump on myself and just go on and chat about the draft for the hell of it. So who are you know who are you, you know like funny women you ended up in the funny women division and mm-hmm. you know were, were you sitting there going oh man i ended up in the anna kendrick division i would have really wanted to be in the olivia munn division um and, you know any uh any any regrets on uh which funny woman you ended up with none whatsoever actually uh <laughs> anna kendrick was one of the was one of the divisions i actually requested to be in when i sent a couple over to Scott. I requested uh, her, The Rock, Betty White. So I was like, all right, cool. He was able to put me in the Anna Kendrick division. I'm, I'm cool with this. Yep. And you are picking out of the second spot. You are the Gridiron yep. graduates. And mm-hmm. um, a couple of the people that I know off the top of my head, uh, Dennis Esser, who seems like a pretty smart guy from the Fantasy Coach podcast, he picks right before you. He took the same guy at 1-1 I did. So, you know, he's obviously very smart and intelligent. Um, <laughs> um, you know, there's uh, – I know Andy Singleton, who's in your division. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit – Michael Florio is a very smart guy. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your division what have you seen in the draft? What have been the trends, and how happy are you with your picks so far? Yeah, I think we've been one of the more intriguing divisions so far. Um, definitely one of the things that stands out early is what Sean Tenerelli did 
with his first two picks, taking Cam Newton in the first, and then following that up with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, obviously in this format with the quarter point carry, he's going to go. He's trying to gobble up all the quarterback carries. Um, but it's going to make it really interesting to see how he kind of fills out the rest of his roster. You know, he's brought in some good receivers. Uh, he has DeMarco Murray and Jay Ajayi now as his top two running backs. So I'll be curious to see how he fills out the rest of his roster. And then the quarterback run we went on in rounds five and six was just crazy. Uh, I kind of started it at the top of round five taking Bortles, and then about 14 quarterbacks went in the next couple of rounds. Like, it, you know, everyone just seemed to kind of panic and grab their guys. Um, yeah, it makes guys. you want to send out a meme about, you know, someone with their hair on fire. Yeah, it was real crazy. I mean, you know, the back three guys wound up going quarterback, quarterback at the turn there in five and six. Then the Sester had to go uh, two quarterbacks at six, seven. So real crazy how the quarterbacks fell in our draft. So yep. it makes me real well, happy that I took portals when I did. So um, Dennis Esser started the draft with Todd Gurley, and you took mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. Now, and you know, I did. I I didn't get all the divisions. I got to go back and do it. But with most of the divisions in, Antonio Brown was the guy who was taking the most at one one um, with twelve, and Le'Veon Bell was second with seven, and there was a couple other guys with twos and threes. Um, but again, there were still a couple out that hadn't uh, drafted when I did that. So most people's one-one was there when you picked. Um, what were your thoughts on going with Antonio Brown first, and why a wide receiver early? I, I just felt, you know, with the chance that Brown has to catch about a billion passes this season. I figured if Esther went somebody other than Antonio Who's Brown. Throwing the ball to him? Who's throwing the ball to him, Dr. Evil? I will throw him one billion passes. <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah. so I figured if Dennis went anyone other than Antonio Brown, I was probably going to gobble him up. Um, if he did take Antonio Brown, I was actually going to consider Todd Gurley myself because he's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, I would have debated Julio Jones a little bit. Uh, those probably would have been the top two for me. But uh, with Antonio Brown, you know, all the catches that I think he can get, to me it was just yep. kind of the and, best And then you came back around and you took Amari Cooper at 2-11 mm-hmm. and Eddie Lacy at 3-2. Was there anyone that you were hoping to fall to you that didn't make it to you? Or did you pretty much get the guys that you expected on those turns? That was just kind of a let the board fall to me type thing. Uh, when it came to me in round two, I saw a couple of running backs I was looking at and Lacey, Freeman, and Martin. So I figured, let me let me grab the talent in Cooper, you know, because I think he's going to catch a lot of passes and improve in that offense and just see what running backs fell to me in round three. And sure enough, Dennis took both Freeman and Martin. So I, got, so I just went ahead and grabbed Lacey. Great. So then when you headed down to uh, pick 411, you got your first running back. Um, that's a, Were you a little worried that there'd be a huge running back run? And you took your first quarterback at 5-2. 
Um, how, how strongly do you feel about Matt Forte and Blake Bortles? I, I was actually happy with Matt Forte. I was kind of hoping he would fall to me there at 4'11". So uh, when he was there, I quickly gobbled him up. I think uh, I think he'll do well even coming out of the backfield, catching passes for the Jets, you know, whoever, no matter who the quarterback is there. Um, so I was happy taking Forte. And then Bortles, you know, I knew the quarterback run was going to happen. I figured let me grab a solid guy. You know, I debated guys like Bolden Tate there, but I'm like, well, maybe I can get a guy like Marvin Jones a couple rounds later, and if I don't take a quarterback now, I'm probably going to be screwed. Yep, yep. Hold on one sec. Our next guest is looking to when to call in. All right, so at uh, 6'11", you got your second quarterback, Jay Cutler, and at um, and you followed that up with Dion Lewis. So, I mean, you know, even though you waited, you kind of got two decent – I mean, uh, the, you know, the, there's definitely some possible issues with um, with Dion Lewis, but there's also a lot of upside. Um, mm-hmm. And that pretty much takes us through your draft up until this point. Uh, what are you hoping that will fall to you the next time around? And I saw your tweet where you said I was going to kill your draft. I'm not going to kill your draft. A, it's not my style. Um, you know, I might question a few things, but, you know, I think you took some risk, but you ended up with, um, you know, I wouldn't have taken Amari Cooper in the second round. I obviously didn't take Antonio Brown, and I had the chance. Um, but, I again, I, I don't know that there's a wrong strategy in this draft. And, uh, you know, I really do feel like that this draft is going to come down to not what you do in the first five rounds, but it's, you know, I, I think that those last 10 to 12 rounds, the strategies that you employ there is really going to be what um, makes a big difference. I think I think understanding the scoring system and, and taking the right chances, that's going to be very important. So, um, Bill, it was great having you on. And um, why don't you follow up with any last thoughts um, that you might have and, uh, and where people can find you on Twitter and follow you on Periscope and anything else you might be doing? Yeah, really just, uh, just looking forward to continuing this draft, you know, seeing how I attack the back half of the draft because, like you said, that's really going to be somebody. It's going to be really important considering there's no waivers. So, really looking forward to that. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R I C C E T T E. Uh, check out my podcast with Ian Wharton called The Gridiron Graduates. We'll be kicking that back up probably in a couple of weeks. So, looking forward to that. Uh, and yeah, check me out on Periscope when I go live. Um, and, yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Todd. Always great to chat football with good people. Yep, I'm so glad that you called in and took part in this, Bill. And uh, good luck with your podcast and everything that you're doing going forward. That's Bill Rossetti, folks. Follow him on Twitter and watch his draft as it continues to unfold. I think this has uh, been very interesting having a few different people come on and 
review their draft, and we're going to do that with this next guest. But we're also going to take him. Hopefully he has a couple extra minutes. We'll see. Um, he is one of the smartest people in the industry, and I don't think anyone questions that. He helped me to break down the, the scoring in a podcast a little while ago. TJ Hernandez joins us. TJ, are you there? What's up, Todd? How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm excited to do a podcast and to, you know, any time I can have a guy like you on to talk football is a good day for me. It's a big win. Um, I, saw, I just saw your draft. And what, which division are you in again? I'm getting confused. I'm in the Leonardo, DiCap- Leonardo DiCaprio division in the leading men conference. Gotcha. All right. So I, it was funny because I did have someone from your division on, and the first thing I asked him, what did you think of, and he was like, well, Le- um, T.J. Hernandez is just killing it. And oh, I, who I, was I, it? Uh, hold on. Let me you're – the, you're the fourth person I've had on. Oh, Andrew okay. Jordan, who's in the sixth okay. hole. And he yeah. picks right – I'm like, man, you got T.J. and Raymond Summerlin in your division. I mean, that – you know, and not never, and Scott Engels in there from the Roto Experts. I mean, you got you're in a stacked division, my dude. Oh, this division's crazy, and we got Ben Gretsch from Rotoviz. And the brutal thing is, uh, I'm I'm in the three hole, Gretsch in the four hole, Summerlin in the five hole. So uh, in the odd in the odd rounds, I'm fine. But um, or, or no, in the odd rounds, they're sniping me. In the even rounds, I'm fine because it's coming back around on the turn. But in the odd rounds, I gotta. I got to sit there and sweat Ray and, and uh, Gretch's picks right before mine. Luckily, it hasn't, hey, hey, hasn't been too hey, bad. T- hey, TJ, I'm getting that that kind of – okay, now it, I'm, I was getting a lot of crackling. If it continues, I just might ask you to call back real quick. Um, All right, no worries. Yeah, why don't you do that? Just call right back in. And, and I'll, you okay. know, because the last time, remember, that cleared it up. And, and I'll fill yeah, the sure air. Thing. You know I'm pretty good at that. So right. – um, so um, TJ's going to call right back in. I was getting a little bit of noise, something I uh, try and be sensitive to, um, the kind of uh, audio that people are going to listen to. I know for me it's something I try and avoid. So while TJ is calling back in, I will quickly – well, I better wait here to see him when he comes in. Um, here he is. Hey, you there? Hey, Todd, what's up? Hey, we we still got a little bit of crackle, but that's uh, we'll snap crackle and pop it. All right, so All right, you, yeah, you uh, you know, you were um, you 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 know, as you said, you're in the three hole. Um, was David Johnson your one one? You took him at one three. Was he your one one? I I I was pretty convinced after talking to you, you were going running back first. Um, Le'Veon Bell went one pick ahead of you. Which guy were you? you know, would you have taken if you were picking one, two? Yeah, we, we talked a little early in the research process and I, like the more I looked at it, the more I really, really started loving running backs. Um, I think my 1.01 was Le'Veon Bell, but like you said, he went right before me. So I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do until I was actually on the clock. I was kind of flipping a coin between David Johnson and uh, Ezekiel Elliott and, I just the tiebreaker was that I've seen David Johnson do it before, um, so I think I just wanted a guy that's that's an all-around back because you still get points for those receptions, uh, but also a guy that I think has a chance to be uh, the top overall scorer, not just at running back, but in this in this format period. 
Well, you know, it's really interesting to me, TJ. You know, you got Bell coming off injuries with um, with D'Angelo Williams behind him. You've got David Johnson, who, you know, some people will blow it off, but Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington are both there. Um, Bruce Arians can, you know, I think right now there's no doubt in my mind he's the number one guy. But if he gets dinged a little bit or, the, you know, it's always better not to have two other quality people there. Um, my guy, Todd Gurley, has issues with the whole Rams offense and, you know, offensive line and a rookie quarterback. And you look at Ezekiel Elliott, like you said, here's a guy that looked great in college, but, you know, and he's got the great OL, but we, we've never seen him play. We haven't seen him take an NFL snap. All four of those guys have questions, and I, I, I don't know that there's a right answer or a wrong answer at this point. It's more of a comfort level for each one of us, which guy you take in those spots. Yeah, and, I mean, it, this also has a lot to do with the format of the scoring system as well. Uh, I went in with a pretty distinct plan, and I've stuck to it so far. I've been crushing the running back position. I actually – was just on the clock right when you picked uh right when we picked up here and I took my uh, six quarterback through through eight picks. You mean Well, you I, mean I was on fifth, the clock right before we went on. Fifth run. No, I I made a pick right as we went on and I I took Langford in the eighth, so now I'm up six six running backs through through eight rounds. Oh, that's sick. And you can start five yeah. of them though in a week, right? Exactly. You start up to five of them. So, yeah, I mean, you have to start three receivers, but you could potentially start five running backs. And, and I think uh, assuming they stay healthy, at least on for sure on a, on a points-per-game basis, the top scorers are going to be running backs. But uh, if a few guys stay healthy, there's a chance that the top four or five scorers in the league could be running backs. So uh, I, I'm pretty happy with the way this has started so far for me. Yeah, my draft is much slower than yours, and I don't want to give away too much of my strategy, but it's kind mm-hmm. of funny because we, we started out talking about this, and we really hadn't solidified our plans of what we wanted to do. I took Gurley at 1-1. I, you know, I, 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 I wanted to go two running backs at you know the turn unless one of the four big quarterbacks was there. But we did, I mean, literally in my draft, almost no wide receivers went in that second round. I mean, Des Bryant was there at uh, 224 and 3-1, and I had to use discipline to not take him. And so I went C.J. Anderson, who was, you know, McCoy and C.J. were the top two guys on my board at running back left. I mean, there was a big running back run. Um, I like CJ. I like his situation this year. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more, and they've upgraded that OL a little bit. And then I took Drew Brees. Not that I love taking a, a quarterback there. I didn't know if we'd have another a quarterback run, but I just couldn't. I didn't want a wide receiver, and I couldn't justify a um, another one of those running backs there. And I, I look at you, and you got Doug Martin at 210. He went one pick in front of me. I definitely would have went uh, Martin and C.J. Anderson if Martin had made it. You got Ingram at 3-3. He was gone at like 2-7 or 2-8 in mine. And then you came back, and you got your boy Tyrod Taylor at 410. I will not make a comment because I'm six picks away from making my <laughs> 412 pick. Um 
but I, you know, uh, Matthew Zazula was on uh, Tango and Cash, and he could have mm-hmm. taken Mariota or Taylor. And I like both of those guys, but easily for me, the tiebreaker of Mariota being on by that last first week of the playoffs. You took Jay Ajayi, who's another one of your guys, um, who unless Arian Foster ends up there, is going to be very solid. And then Ryan Matthews at 6'10". I mean, that's just awesome. And then you've got Mariota at 7'3". I mean, you literally, and Langford, you literally, like, like if I had a wet dream about what I'd like to draft, <laughs> it would be your draft. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got pretty lucky so far. And, I mean, like you mentioned, there's some sharp dudes in this draft. But um, Tyrod, I, I mean, he didn't really even fall to me. That's kind of right about where we were expecting him to go. But, um uh, you talked about Ingram when he was there at 303. That was a that was an auto pick, and then Matthews at um, at 610. That's another auto pick. Mariota, he's projected from uh, four for four. John's projections is the QB 11 in this format, and I got him at QB 20 in the seventh round. So, uh, a lot a lot of value. I'm so jealous. To me. I mean, you need I'm some so luck. Jealous. You need some luck to win these things, and and at least in the draft so far, I feel like I've got a little lucky. Yeah, well, you know, and, and it's interesting because I heard you last night on um, you were or either the, last night or the night before you did a periscope, and mm-hmm. you made a point that I thought was very, very valid. You know, every one of these drafts is going to be unique, and my whole, t- you know, I get these takeaways, and my takeaway for tonight was, you know, whether you like your first three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, or six rounds. You, you almost have to come up with a new strategy every time you're on the board. And oh, yeah. I really feel that, you know, no matter, you know, you can gain an advantage in these early rounds, but that the guy who's going to win this thing is the guy who, who has a combination of good strategy, good picks and good luck in rounds 10 through 22. Yeah, and the, I mean, the luck can't be understated. Like, no matter how good this draft looks through eight rounds, the guy that lands the 15th, 16th, 20th round pick that shoots up to, like, top 20, top 15, even top 10 at his position, that, those are the guys that are going to win the leagues. Yep, and, you know, you do still have to start three wide receivers, and it's kind of funny because I don't know if I tweeted it or it was more private messaging to guys, but I said, I'm thinking of going zero wide receiver in this draft. And it's kind of interesting to turn around and see you pretty much doing that. Uh, What are your thoughts as you head to the wide receiver position? What's left out there for you to choose from? And, um, you know, I don't want you to give me too much, but just a couple thoughts on it. Oh, I mean, basically, I'm I'm not nervous. I mean, we look at just my draft as an, as an example. We're two picks away from being all the way through eight rounds. We have 31 running backs, 20 quarterbacks, 34 wide receivers off the board. So pretty balanced overall. And if we look at the guys still available, I'll just run down um, just from a projection standpoint. Top guys have still got Alan Hearns, Marvin Jones, Kevin White, Willie Sneed, Torrey Smith, Corey Coleman, Deshaun Jackson. Um Kamar Aiken, who's one of my favorite guys out there. Then Muhammad Sanu, Dorio Green-Beckham. There's still a ton of wide receiver value. And like I talked about, uh, you're going to need late guys that hit. And what better position in this format than wide receivers where uh, you're going to need a couple 10-touchdown guys because of the half PPR scoring for wide receivers. Touchdowns are really going to matter. And those guys I just reeled off, there's a lot of guys with some really nice touchdown upside. 
still available in that group. And, and I agree with that. Obviously, I think that's, you know, again, like I talked about zero wide receiver. If to no one else, I talked to myself about it. And the sad <laughs> thing is I, I answered. But, um, you know, the, 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 you know the, the, thing, the other thing that I think can't be underestimated is, you know, we're all doing a lot of these MFL 10s. And I'm looking for different types of wide, you know, if I go zero wide receiver, you know, I get wanting to go after the Doriel Green Beckhams because he could get you 10 touchdowns, but he could also get you bupkis, right? And if you're drafting wide receiver late, I'm leaning towards looking at least for a couple of those positions for guys I would not be interested in in best ball because, you know, which week do you start Doriel Green Beckham and which week do you sit him? Um, right. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning. And again, you know, as I said, when you get there, you make your final determination. But I'm, I'm, I want guys, I'm more looking for instead of touchdowns for targets. You know, I want guys, if I'm, if I'm dominating at running back and quarterback and I've got a good tight end, you know, I, I feel like all I'm going to need out of the wide receivers are some good, solid weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair. If you, you basically think about it like um, it's a reverse zero running back strategy. I've I've won multiple leagues in the past couple of years where I'm starting guys like um, Toby Gerhardt and Frank Gore, and my championship game is still winning because my wide receivers are so much better than the field that if I can just get – baseline value for my running backs, then I'm going to be able to, to blow away the competition. So you just kind of turn that on its head in this format. If you can roll out three, four, even five running backs that are dominating the field, if your receivers are just giving you baseline production, you're still going to be pretty far ahead of the rest of uh, the teams out there. Yeah, that that's just kind of my thought on it. I if I'm, if I'm going to do it, and again, I, there might be some values at wide receiver that are just so ridiculous I can't pass on them. You know, there might not be a Ryan Matthews or a Jeremy Langford out there for me at value. Um, so I have to be willing to look wide receiver earlier. But if I wait, yeah, I'm going to look for guys who, you know, maybe not all of them, but I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be picking which week to start Torrey Smith if he's the Torrey Smith we've always known. You know, the guy who yeah, has that fair. two to three touchdown week followed by a two for 11. Um, you know, I, I, I would just, you know, it might be good for the playoffs, but you got to get to the playoffs. So who else in your division? Oh, you know who I want to talk about? The other guy who really seems to have had the draft fall to him well is your buddy over at four for four, John Paulson. Have you been following this draft? Yeah, we've been chatting about it a little bit. So I've been looking one just because, um, it's moving so fast. You can kind of look at it and get an idea of, of what's going on kind of ahead of you. And another, just cause it's a really intriguing draft. Um, you got four from four, John, like you mentioned, you got lad Davies, who's a really sharp guy, not industry anymore, but he's an ex industry writer. Uh, Sean Siegel, who's obviously one of the most innovative drafters. And then on top of it, this draft has seen uh, quarterbacks go off the board, probably faster than any other league. So, there's a lot to uh, to take in in this draft, and it's been one of the more fun ones to pay attention to. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you need a nimble mind to be really good at this. And like we talked about a little bit, you're going to need some luck. 
Any final thoughts? I promise to only keep you about 15 minutes, and I want to keep my word. And um, any any last thoughts that you have? And, uh, and you know, maybe we can do this again uh, a little further down. Yeah, I mean, not even just from from strategic standpoint, just from how fun this uh, this draft has been already, just two days in, and giving a shout-out to everybody that's been doing a really good job of bringing the community together. Obviously, Scott Fish at ScottFish24 on Twitter uh, put this thing together, and then guys like Chub Chub McGrub, Fantasy ADHD, uh, putting together a ton of data and really giving people a lot of information to take in while they're either waiting for their picks or while they're drafting. Uh, it's just been a really fun week, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. I, I really did. I felt like it was like Christmas that morning. I was nervous. You know, I, you know, someone posted a picture of Scarlett Johansson acting like, oh, she was all excited. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I'm so nervous, like I was going out on a date with Scarlett Johansson nervous. You know, oh, yeah, I, it was just changing that. Yeah, it's fun. Everyone's changing the avatars to the to the picture of whatever division they're in. So it's it's been a fun thing for these dead days of summer. Absolutely. Well, TJ, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, TJ Hernandez. You can always notice him because he's got Stewie from Family Guy as his uh, as his icon. He is one of the lead dogs at four for four football dot com. I strongly recommend that you follow him. Uh, on Twitter, and that you uh, get 4 for 4 Fantasy. I have it, and I do not regret it for a minute. TJ, thanks again for coming on. Todd, thanks for having me again, buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, You got it. All right, folks, that was TJ Hernandez. I apologize that we did have a little bit of a crackling situation going on, but, you know, when you can get a guy like TJ who's willing to come on your podcast, you put up with a little bit of crackling. Um... I don't know if anyone out there is listening. If you want to call in, I'll probably stay on here for a couple more minutes. The guest call in is 646-668-8928. And um, I'm going to give it probably five minutes. And if one person comes on, I'll, I'll pop you up. And you could either talk about the episode. You could talk about your SF, uh, SFB 480 uh, team or anything else that you want to. And if not, I will wrap the show up in about five minutes. Um, I set the show to be a little longer than normal so that we could just kind of freeform it and have some fun. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Scott Fish for putting this all together. He puts his heart and soul into this thing. I was honored that he asked me to, to be part of it, and I'm hoping to represent myself well. Um, one thing that's near and dear to Scott's heart is Toys for Tots. If you follow his timeline, you can see that there are uh, ways that you can donate to Toys for Tots. He's giving to the industry. I think it would be a wonderful gesture for the industry to give back to him and to, um, you know, I think it would be a great thing for the industry to give back to, uh, to him and to tell him thank you by donating to Toys for Tots. I mean, I love children. I've got a nine-year-old girl, and the look on her face when I buy her a toy, it's, you know, it's, it's life-changing. So if you have the ability to give any money, and, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I really try not to do much in the way of 
promoting or strong-arming. Uh, I'm going to break my rule a little bit, and I'm going to ask everyone who listens to this to give to Toys or Tots. Give a little bit. Give what you can. Um, I know Scott will appreciate it, and whatever kid gets a toy will definitely appreciate it. I did get another call in. Um, this gentleman, um, his name is Rob Marino, and he is going to tell you how he, you can follow him. But Rob, I will say, is known for he put together more SFB 480 mocks than anyone has a right to. Uh, Rob, welcome to the Run to Daylight podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, Todd. I'm, I'm no at, uh, still at work, but I've taken some time out to, to go ahead and give you a call in. Why um, don't you tell people how they can follow you on Twitter and anything else that you might want to promote? Okay, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Chub Chub McGrubb. That's C H U B C H U B G R U B B. And also, I've got I've got one. Um, article up over at commissiontalk.com um, just talking about, you know, different uh, league idea that I have and that that's about it. Um, no worries. Uh, um, you know, it's yeah. funny. I keep, keep hearing people talk about Chub Chub McGrub and you and I have talked how many times and I never put two and two together. So I might be sharp about football. I might not be sharp uh, uh, about football. Might not be sharp about football, but sometimes I'm a little dense. <laughs> yeah, well, all the hard times, you know. It's just uh, all sorry. Yeah, I'm getting the crack again. I gotta get my mic. I gotta get my mic fixed, so I'm not doing okay. my show from a phone. But no worries. So, what division are you in, Rob? I'm in. Um, let me see. I'm in the Kerry Washington division over in uh, leading ladies. Leading. Or leading ladies. women. Leading, leading women. women. Yeah. Because you know. We all have to be so politically correct. Um, <laughs> Kerry Washington. Uh, oh, okay. All right. So um, you're in a uh, – Brian Malone is in there. Uh, Frank Perino from the Bull Rush podcast. Um, I don't know T. Woodley, but he's from Project Roto. Uh, 2QBs.com's Ben Cummins, Pyromaniac. When am I going to get to you? Sports injury predictor, Jake Davidow. I had him on my show last year. And you got the 12th pick, Robert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're on opposite ends of the draft. <laughs> so well, you took different. a very interesting strategy and one that i, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm not against. Um, you went with Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton and locked up two, you know, two stud quarterbacks. The difference in points between the stud quarterback and the very good quarterback is, you know, three to four points a game. Uh, to have two of those guys, if they both have a good week, you're going to be hard to beat. So uh, what was your thought process in doubling up on that and any second regrets for doing it? Yeah, you know, my uh, when, it, when it got to me, um, I, I had had my uh, picks pre-drafted or, you know, pre-picked, um, just so I wouldn't have to hold up anybody. But when I saw that Newton was still going to be there at the 112, I, I went in and I canceled canceled everything because he was, you know, first up on my uh, on my uh, picks. And, you know, I just I didn't think he'd last, and so that's why I put him in there. I'm uh, usually I go wide receiver heavy the last two years, and then you know 
get my quarterbacks late. And uh, I was looking at, I had uh, DeAndre Hopkins still there and Lamar Miller. And I was, you know, asking people about what they thought about that stack. You know, if, if uh, you know, if that might be something that I was looking at. And ultimately I decided to go to the quarterbacks just because of that, you know, advantage that you were just talking about. Um, you know, I, I think that with, with, uh, you know, SSB, you have to have some kind of an advantage. Um, you know, you've got to be dominating in at least one position, I think, in order to really, you know, have a, a strong chance to not just make the playoffs, but, you know, get to the top top ten. Um, yep, and then you, know, you followed that up. You followed that up at 312 and 41 with back-to-back wide receivers, and you haven't gotten to your fifth-round pick yet, have you? Yeah, not yet. No, I'm looking at a few guys. Um, you know, yeah, I got I got Brandon Cooks at the three twelve, and then Amari Cooper at the four one. And and I was, you know, I was looking at, I was thinking about Demarius Thomas, but ultimately, and I in all the mocks, you know, I took uh, Thomas before those two, just because I was, I thought I was high on him, you know, until it got to me, and then I was really, you know, just a lack of a quarterback. Um, you know, I just kind of pull that trigger. So I got these two. Um, I'd, I'd actually considered getting Jordan Reed there and even Greg Olson and doubling up on the tight ends just so I can have an advantage there as well, you know. But ultimately, I talked myself out of that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not really – I don't really want to get my – I've got only a couple picks left, so I can't really get my strategy away just because it's going to be heartbroken if I lose my guy. But uh, – yep. But well, I'm, yeah, I'm I haven't made a pick. I haven't made a pick today because my draft is moving so slow. I made right before bed last night. I made my two twelve and three uh, one, and it looks like you know I'm not going to be long for the world after this. And we're five six picks away, so I definitely ended up in a bit of a slower one. Um, and you know, since I am getting the crackling with you, I I really appreciate that you came on. I would love to have you on my uh, pod when we can talk more, and you know, maybe we will do it uh, in a couple days when we're a little further down with each other's drafts. Would you be willing to come back? Yeah, that sounds good, man. Just uh, let me know. Hit me up, and I'll I'll give you a call. Absolutely. Um, give your information one more time so that people can follow you on Twitter. Um, it, you know, Rob put uh, Rob put together some just amazing cheat sheets for this um, that helped me to get my cheat sheets together. So thank you for that, for the service you gave to the industry, for putting all the mock drafts together. And I definitely want to have you on the show when we, we, we can get away from the crackling and I can get my microphone fixed and uh, – I, I really appreciate everything you've done and for coming on. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, having me on and thanks for, for saying that it's really, uh, you know, a lot of work. I don't think it would be. So um, I'm just glad that people, you know, got the most out of it that they could. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, so just to, uh, I guess you said, see where I was, you know, they could find me. Um, it was at Chip to the Grub. And then I also, I forgot that I'd, I'd done a podcast, um, with John Bosch uh, for a fantasy insanity, so I would I would go ahead and throw him out there too. Um, <laughs> so awesome. I would I would definitely recommend so people listen in, to this podcast, but also his. Yeah, I uh, I basically 
I basically, you know, have been ca- I called this episode "Life in the Fishbowl." We're we're deep in the in the middle of the fishbowl. We're all excited about being part of it, and um, I, I'm really glad you called in. We'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Bye. All right, so um, I don't, you know, I'm not getting crackling. It must be from the callers calling into Blog Talk today, and I feel bad, but. Um, you know, I, I definitely want to have him back on, one of the really great guys in the industry. Um, and thank you to all the guests who came on today, uh, Rob Marino, uh, Andrew Howard, Matthew Zazula, Bill Rossetti, Rossetti. Um If I missed anyone, I apologize. Um, we'll hopefully do this again maybe tomorrow night. If you've listened to the podcast, um, you know, uh, hit me up on Twitter. If you follow me, I will follow you back. It's at Todd from PA, T-O-D-F-R-O-M-P-A. And I probably should have announced this at the beginning of the show, um, but I am now, and the Run to Daylight podcast is now able to be listened to on iTunes. If you do a search for Run to Daylight, we will, I will come up. Um, there's a lot of great episodes in the backlog already. If you would be kind enough to uh, rate the podcast and uh, rate it well um, and to write a nice little review, that will help me to get a little more exposure. And um, I would appreciate that. And I would be happy to do it for any of your podcasts. Um, So don't hesitate to ask me if you do something and you would like me to help you as well. So uh, that will do it for Life in the Fishbowl edition of the Run to Daylight podcast. I will see what my energy level is like tomorrow night. Maybe we'll do the same thing again. If you've listened and would like to come on the podcast, shoot me a DM that you'd be interested in doing one of the 10 to 15 minute spots to review your podcast. I love having a bunch of different people on Thank you for listening if you have listened. Um, typically, I like to go out with a, with a song, uh, but, you know, I, I just kind of feel like football. And sometimes I listen to my theme song just because I like it, because it was my favorite of the old-time NFL film songs. So we're going to lead you out the way we always lead you in with the theme song for the Run to Daylight podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs.